0: YourWelder.com was built by actual industry welding experts who actually perform this type of work on a daily basis. And here's the best part. They're veteran owned and operated. So go check them out at YourWelder.com. And also feel free to check them out on social media where I'll include their links in the show notes. What a great day to be productive folks. Um, hope, hope you guys are tuning in and you're on top of the world today. It's, um, it's always a great day to be productive never put off what's that saying don't put off for tomorrow what you can do today um, I think there's a lot of truth to that a lot of people like to procrastinate procrastination doesn't get you anywhere. We'll get into that in a little bit um, man I'm so excited I just uh, I just got back from a trip up north I was uh, I went to Oneonta New York and I have a hardest time saying that the name of that it's spelled differently. It's when my dumbass when I look at, look at it, I want to say one onto, but it's actually pronounced only New York. And you know, I've had the pleasure of being all over this country, all over this world. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you've upstate New York is absolutely amazing. It's so beautiful. we, we were cruising down interstate 88 West and I was just like jaw on the floor. I was like, man, this is something else. And, uh, I got picked up. I got picked up at the airport by the police chief and the fire chief. And first of all, let me say the hospitality that the city officials in Oneonta extended to me was probably the most amazing hospitality I've ever been extended in my life. It was just bar none, top of the line. I mean, you couldn't have asked for better treatment for people, more welcoming. I mean, just open arms, just accommodating on every single level. I can't praise the, that city enough. The, I mean, all the way up to the HR department, the HR officials uh, that brought me in uh, with with the police chief and the fire chief to come and talk about post traumatic purpose with Oneonta Fire and Police. I, it, I cannot express. How amazing they were, and it's just so nice because i come from I come from a world of stand-up comedy, and that's that's a different ball game in stand-up comedy you are um it's it's different treatment and you're and it's not as welcoming i should say as uh as the private industry is and I remember when I first got into stand-up many years ago. I ran into this comedian who had been around for a while and he was at a at a club and he says, "Man, he goes, I uh, I'm not doing comedy clubs anymore. I'm just doing corporate stuff." And to me at that time, wanting, you know, just brand new in my stand-up career, I couldn't see past the comedy club environment. I was like, "Man, you're fucking crazy. Comedy clubs is where it's at. Essentially, a comedy club is just a restaurant that has some fucking asshole going up on stage telling jokes. That's all it is. Without the comedian there it literally is just a restaurant. But to me back then it was like like you had made it if you get booked at an actual comedy club to perform. Man, you've done something with your life. <laughs> and you got to think these 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 comedy clubs they have 53 weeks a year, 52 weeks a year, whatever the fuck it is. It's um that they're open. They they have two to three comedians coming through every single week. So for them, it's just business as usual. Whereas when you go to these cities or these conferences, it's normally one time a year they have somebody in. And when you come in, I mean, it is just hugs and kisses. And it it is an amazing feeling to be so welcome. I'm, I literally came home with, with such a full heart, just flying back and just I've done a ton of these events, these private events, and they're, they're all spectacular. And I was sitting there reflecting on it last night. And I said, I was thinking over the years that I've done private engagements and all that, I thought back, and I'm like, how many times have I been treated just like a, that well in the comedy business? And it is not many. (laughs) It's a, it's a, it's a tough business, but I'm not going to sit here and shit talk it because it's been a good business too. I mean, it's just, when you hear about entertainment, all forms of entertainment, but the comedy business is definitely the hardest business in the world. I've done a lot of businesses and that, that is one very, very, um, humbling business. So, but anyhow, so Oneonta, New York, as if the name isn't hard enough to pronounce, I told those people, I was like, I can't pronounce the name of your town. I can't pronounce the name of your County, the County. I can't even come up with but I did pass through one little town, and it sounded like a, um, a venereal infection. It was called Skenevis, And I told them, I was like, if I get lost up here or, or, or turned around and I need my family to help me, I'm just going to tell them, come to Albany Airport, head 88 West until you pass through a city that sounds like a damn venereal disease, Skenevis, And then I'm the next town up. So that's where you'll find me. I believe this episode will be airing on July the 12th, so by the time you hear this, um, you should know that I'll be at the Fire Rescue International event in Charlotte, North Carolina, doing uh, stand-up comedy for the Charlotte Firefighters Association, the local the union there, and um, that's going to be a, a a fucking phenomenally fun event. So if you're in the Charlotte area right now, it's not open to the public, but they may open that up to the public. Check in with me on Instagram, and I'll give you the either uh, thumbs up if it's open to the public or not. But I'm super excited to do that. So what I'm doing is literally doing that event, and I'm driving because I'm carrying so many books and shirts with me. I don't feel like shipping it all and carrying it on planes, and then I'm driving to Indianapolis, where I'll be in South Bend, Indiana, on August the second. And I'll be talking about post-traumatic purpose, leadership, mental wellness, and resiliency to the brothers and sisters up there at South Bend, Indiana fire. And then just three days later, August the 5th, it goes down at the FDIC firefighters conference in Indianapolis, huge comedy event for the firefighter cancer support network. Can't wait be up there hugging and kissing all my brothers and sisters. It's so much fun. There's so much hugging and kissing going on. If you're not in the emergency services and military and you don't understand, that's our thing. That's our love language. We hug and kiss each other to death. Lots of, uh, we pass lots of uh, COVID around. Speaking of hugging and kissing, I was in the airport and I swear I'm going to get to some content here in a second. I saw two goofy motherfuckers wearing masks and um, it was a man and a woman. And I literally watched them press their masks together on lips and kiss. And they like held it there. They were pressing cotton to cotton. And I was, I was, I even said out loud, I said, look at these stupid motherfuckers right here. And I just watched them walk off. And I thought, how am I in the presence of such fucking just ridiculously stupid individuals? And then I get on the plane and guess who I ended up having to sit next to? those two people. And this dude, this is what I was talking about. This dude <clears throat> This dude was so all over his his girl. This is a grown ass man too. He's in his fifties. I, I get man you wanna you want to have affection and all that. But this poor man or this poor woman couldn't even get comfortable in her hit her chair. He's he had he was holding her legs, her arms, her head, just all over her man. This guy was just a little puppet. And I'm sitting here thinking this woman abuses the shit out of you. I bet you she walks all over you. You candy ass, motherfucking, mass kissing, son of a bitch. I wanted to slap him and be like, you need to man up. Give your girl some space, dude. But it was like his prized possession. You could tell, like, that's this is my gal. I'm going to let everybody know, and, which is fine. But goddamn, they only needed to buy one ticket. That motherfucker was in her seat. I don't really know a way to segue into today's, um, today's topic of time, but I'm just going to jump into it, man. Um, I think, in, in my case, this is how I feel anyway, it's taken me a long time to really, really understand the concept and the value of, of my personal time. I think the most delicate and most prized thing that we have on this earth. And the most cherished thing that we have is time. You can't control it. Once we're born, we only have so much of it. Our clocks are ticking the second we take that first breath, right? Actually, the second our heart starts beating in the womb, our clocks are ticking. And each one of us has a predetermined amount of time and how many heartbeats we're going to get. And what I've learned over life is motherfuckers will abuse and take advantage of that time if you let them. They will rob and steal you of your time. They will expect all of the time that you have, or they'll take it from you. They'll waste it. And when you move forward in decisions, decision-making, whether, I I mean, it, it applies in anything you do in life. I sat back now and I'm like, all right, how much of my time is this going to take? Because I'm not going to let somebody come and take that valuable, valuable asset of mine that I never get back. And I love how people just think that they can take advantage of that time and waste it. Now I could go on scenario and scenario and scenario where people have wasted my time and I'm sure I've wasted other people's time. And I honestly, I try to be cognizant of that now moving forward, making decisions. And, and that's why I am very like blunt and to the point. I don't put a lot of fluff in things when I'm, when I'm talking with people, uh, I don't want to waste your fucking time. You know, I don't want to beat around the bush. Let's just get it done. Cause we don't, we don't have, we don't have time. I'm not a procrastinator. My thing is like, if I, if I decide to do something, I'm going to do it. I don't need all of the answers. And I try to tell people this all the time. You waste more fucking time trying to find the right answers in life. than if you just take some kind of action and go out and make some mistakes I'd rather, you know, you have people, they'll sit around, they'll whiteboard something to death. They'll sit around, they'll try to come up with the perfect plan of action for something. And they'll sit there for weeks on end, trying to dial this thing in and make it perfect before they ever implement any action to whatever they were going to do. I'm the complete opposite. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I don't see that. Honestly, I don't think I have two weeks to wait. I don't have this time. So when I I decide I want to do something, I move on it right now. I'd rather be out making mistakes for two fucking weeks learning from those mistakes than to sit around for those two weeks making the perfect plan and then when I go to apply that plan it fails. And now I got to go back and try to learn how to correct all the mistakes that I made after a plan this perfect thing for two weeks. Does that does that make sense? My nickname at my house is called Trigger, right? Because I do things right away. I don't I don't put a lot of thought into it. I just know when it's time to do something. I do it. I roll on it. Let's get it done. And usually I can get it done 10 times quicker and more efficiently than most people. You know, there's people, they'll sit there and they'll read a fucking instruction manual on how to put something together versus versus just trying. And the thing is over life, if you just try things and you keep trying new things, those things teach you how to do other things. So when it's time to put a bicycle together, chances are You've already put stuff together and you can look at a bike and tell how to put it together. I don't know if that's the right metaphor to use or whatnot, but I can see, I see some of the most smartest people I've ever met on this planet. Cannot do the simplest of tasks because they overly complicate things. Do not overly complicate things in life. Life is not supposed to be that difficult. And I think we just overcomplicate too many things. Don't take your time for granted. I've said this in other episodes, man. It's running out and in without trying to sound too dark. You know, one thing that I see all the time, um, I, you know, since I talk about all of this stuff openly, I get a lot of messages. There's a lot, a lot of people out there who are having bad days, right? A lot of people are depressed. I get it. Shit gets tough sometimes. It gets hard sometimes. You don't want to get out of bed. You just want to sit around and feel sorry for yourself. Well, that's the fucking problem. You got to learn how to get up and make the most of each day that you have, no matter how hard it can be. You know, I see somebody complaining about this or that, and then I think back, I'm like, well, I just saw a man with no legs trying to car- cross the street a minute ago, walking on his fucking hands, and the asphalt's burning his fucking hands, because he's crawling and dragging his limb his his dead legs across the road or whatever put things in perspective. Your, your day is not as bad as you think it is. There's children everywhere in this world who have no drinking water and you're sitting here pouting about what tell me again. I even do that. I have to constantly daily check myself and go look in the mirror and I'm like, Hey, knock it fuck off. It ain't that bad. It can always be worse. It's human nature to beat ourselves up and to start feeling sad. And, but we're our own worst enemy No one's coming to make your day better. The only person that can do that is you. You know, I can speak on this because uh, there's, like I say, how how about I rephrase this? Depression is a motherfucker. Think about this. You lay around one day depressed. You get used to that. You end up laying around two days, right? Then you go have a couple of good days. And then all of a sudden, something brings you back into that dark ass abyss. And then now, before you know it, you're having three or four shit days. And then that turns into a week. And over time, this thing doesn't happen instantly. Depression doesn't just hit you and be like, all right, I'm about to fuck you up for a month and I've never gotten you before, but I'm going to sink my teeth into you. And all of a sudden, you're going to be sidelined for a month. That's not how it happens, it happens slowly. And you start becoming accustomed to certain things. You start reclusing slowly. And you don't even realize what's happening. And when that motherfucker has you, your life has passed you by. That one or two days that turns into a week, that turns into a month down the line, and years later it turns into multiple months. And then before you know it, every day of your life is just a constant state of depression. And you sink into the couch. And now over the last 20 years, okay, I'm not making this shit up. I know people. Over the last 20 years, your life has been on a couch. Your life has been watching television for 20 years, never leaving the house, okay? Never going out and really experiencing the joys and the wonders of this world. All the wonderful things that there are for humans to go out and do and experience. You've missed out on that for 20 years because you've let comfort creep in. You've let doubt creep in you've let insecurity, lack of motivation, self-confidence creep in. And before you know it, 20 years of your life has passed you by. Now here's, here's the crazy part. Think about this. But when it comes time, when you're on your deathbed, breathing your final breath, what's that one thing that you wish you had more of? It ain't, it ain't more fucking TV. It's going to be more time if they sent around death squads, all to all the people who are suffering from depression, laying around feeling sorry for themselves, listen, I guarantee you this. If they sent around squads that were like, look, you're just you're wasting too much um, precious time and uh, you're taking up valuable oxygen for other oxygen breathing folks out there, we, we're going to have to go ahead and do you a favor since you're so miserable and take you out um, since you're just waiting the clock out anyway. I guarantee you, That would get people off their asses. Then they would would jump to their feet and be like, you know what? No, 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 I'm good. I I think I want to go ahead and start living life now. Nope, too fucking late. You got to go. And they would beg for more life. They would beg for more time. Please don't take this from me. That's the problem. People don't understand the value of the time that they they have. They don't think it's going to happen to them. They don't think their clock is running out. They just take it for fucking granted. Every single second of the day. And they'd rather sit around and feel sorry for themselves and boohoo, and not get anything productive done than to get up and say, you know what? I only get this today, right now, this moment, this is it. This is all I have for right now. I need to go live it. And I practice that daily. This is something every single day that I have to uh, I know I don't put it so elegantly, right? I'm not I'm not that guy, but I promise you, every single day I have problems. I still have to battle every single day when I get up. I if I'm not um uh, if definitely if I'm here in Charleston, if I'm not at my farm, but if I'm in Charleston, I will walk around and pace in this house sometimes and I don't just talk this shit, I practice it every single day. You got to get up, you've got to make that effort, and you gotta push forward. Because I promise if somebody came around to off you and was like, you know what? Since you're feeling so bad, we're just going to go ahead and take you out. You'd, you'd be begging for that opportunity to suck more oxygen. So stop taking that time for granted. Fuck a segue. We're going to go right into self-sufficiency, man. I think, I think one of the biggest things in, in life, at least that, that, that I think is important, is self-sufficiency. I don't believe anyone should count on anyone, right? This is what I've learned over my short 43 years. People, human beings, are going to fail you. They're going to let you down. and They're going to let you down more often than they're not going to. People's word these days aren't worth a fuck. People will tell you all day long what they're going to do, how they're going to do something, how they're going to help out, and how they're going to lend a hand. And then when it's time to show up, they don't show up. I don't know what it is about society, but it's happened. And people will fail you. So I'm 100% firm believer in every single person on this earth needs to be self-sufficient. You need to be able to provide for, protect, f- clothe, feed, and comfort yourself. Because whoever you're putting all that faith in, one day they're not going to be here. Okay? And what are you going to do when that day comes? And I'm not saying that person's going to die, but they circumstances may change. And they may leave. Case in point. You know, this is why this is exactly why as a as a man raising two girls, I believe in powerful women. I believe in the power of the female as needs to be as strong as if not stronger than the male. And this is why <clears throat> back in the day, this is my stupid philosophy, this is my, my stupid belief. So if you're you probably going to shake your head, listen. Back in the day before women really had all, had these great jobs and had the ability to go out and uh, be considered equal to the men, they were Susie Homemaker. And the man was the breadwinner. Man would go out and work. Women stayed home. They made the house. They did that stuff, right? Well, times have changed. Now both parties can go out and do the same thing. Women can go out and be just as creative, just as powerful as men are, right? And in doing so, they create self-sufficiency. This is what I don't like seeing. These aren't the old days anymore, I don't believe women should sell themselves short and stay home with kids and and not do anything and put all their dependency on a man to go out and provide. Now I may get a bunch of hate for that, but I'm actually talking women up if you listen to to the message. I I think you're better than that. I think that you have every every woman in this world has s- specific instincts and abilities to do things to take care of herself and her family. And not to mention the somewhat quasi level playing field now. All right. What I hate seeing is when a woman or even a man puts so much dependency, we should, this can be go This can go both ways. Even if so, if the woman is the breadwinner and the man stays home and plays Susie homemaker all day, he's like, Oh, I'm just going to let her go out and win the bread. That's fine. But if she leaves your ass, at any, any point, what are you going to do? Are you going to have the ability to take care of your family? Are you going to have the ability to food or to feed and clothe your children and provide the resources necessary for them to be successful? Are they going to sit there and look at you who does nothing to um, better themselves to learn? That's what they're going to, that's, that's, that's what they're going to learn, right? Does this make sense? Shit. I don't know if I'm just rambling, but here's my point. I had a friend yesterday tell me about a guy he knows that broke up with his girlfriend and um, they had a house together and the guy just, he was just done. He's, he just moved out and he's a very successful guy and told the girl, like, you need to, you need to leave the house. Well, the girl hadn't worked in a long time. She hasn't done anything. And now she's just kind of out. And it made me feel sad for her because I thought about my kids, my daughters. And I go, that would never be my children because I'm going to teach my children to never be dependent on somebody because human beings inevitably are going to let you down. And I think that woman may have sold herself short putting all of her dependency in this man. I don't know these two, so I'm not judging them. I don't know their, I don't know their, their circumstances but i see a lot of people these days still doing this old school mentality where they put all their dependency in one person and i've just learned over life that human beings are going to do that they're going to let you down what happens when i think the man and the woman both need to, to be able to take care of themselves and their family if the other is not involved there i think that i think that sums it up i got let down the other day. And this is why, so my buddy, my buddy, Randy always asked me, he's like, dude, how do you know how to do all of the shit that you know how to do? How are you so handy? And I told him, I said, Randy, because I didn't come from money. We didn't, uh, we weren't fortunate enough to be able to pay people to do everything. We had to learn how to do everything that we do. And as I started learning goes back to earlier, what I was saying in this episode, you learn one skill it, cha- it changes over to another skill and that skill turns into another skill. And before you know it, you know how to do it, all kinds of things. And I'm a, an extremely self-sufficient person, extremely. I'm not a fucking tractor mechanic. I own a tractor, but I know this, my tractor breaks down. I will fix that son of a bitch. I'm going to give another human being an opportunity to perform his trade because my time, like I said, is so valuable to me. I don't want to spend three days fucking around on a tractor. Here's the problem. Human beings will let you down. And when they do, when these people that I try to bring business to for my tractor, because they are the professional tractor people, when they fail me, fuck them. I'll do it myself. That's my mindset. And so that's the, that's the position I'm in right now. I was out the other day. I was, I was uh, pulling some logs with my tractor and I passed by a, a down tree that I just pulled and it had branches sticking out. And I, I don't know how in the hell this happened because I've, I've been working this property for seven months, very rugged, just busting through the woods. And this has never happened. One of them branches from the down tree went inside of the wheel well of my rim and it struck the valve stem. The valve stem is the thing that you put air into to pump the tires up. And it just so happened to knock that valve stem completely off. It didn't loosen it, it knocked it off. So tractor tires, they're really big. Like the rear ones are very big. They're very heavy. They have a lot of air in them and they have a lot of water in them. So I see water spraying out. I don't know why they put the water in there. I think it's, it's, it helps stabilize the tractor and it makes it the tire more sturdy or something. I'm, I'm sure I'll get some, some messages about that. I don't care why they put the water in it. I just know there's a lot of water in that big son of a bitch, which makes it very heavy. Um, so I look over and I see water spraying out the side of my tire. And I hop off the tractor. I'm like, the fuck is going on? And I notice that valve stem was busted off. So I literally have just a couple of minutes before this tire goes flat, right? So I jump on, I put it in high gear, haul ass back to my to my barn, and I park it. And I'm looking at it, and I was like, well, there's no way I'm going to be able to fix this right now. I need to call a professional. <sighs> I'm not going to throw any businesses under the bus, but well, fuck it. I call a local. I call the local John Deere place. And they told me that they don't do tires, which is fine. They actually sub out all their work to a tire shop down the street. So I call a tire shop down the street. And I asked the guys, I was like, look, man, my tire is completely flat. It needs valve stem replacement. You're probably going to have to come out and break it down. And he said, well, we don't, we don't go out. We, we're not mobile. And I was like, all right. Well, John Deere told me you were, but all right, I guess you're not mobile. He told me about another place that is definitely mobile. So I call this place and this is, this is where I'm getting at people's word and worth shit. I call this place up and uh, they are, they're they like, yeah, I ask, are you, are you guys mobile? I said, I got a, a tractor. I need need a tire replaced, blah, 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 or fixed. Yeah, we can come out, but we can't today. And I was like, motherfucker, I need this thing done today. I was like, all right. I was actually planning on coming home that night because I had to catch a flight on Thursday. This happened on Tuesday. I wanted to get back home in time so I could get on my flight to New York. So I was like, all right. When can you come? So the guy tells me we can definitely come tomorrow morning, which would have been Wednesday. Now I didn't want to do Wednesday, but I had no choice. I said, all right, I need my tractor fixed. I asked him, you hundred percent sure you can come tomorrow morning? He said, yeah, we'll be there at eight 30 sharp. This is what the guy told me. I said, all right. And I was like, what do you need from me? He goes, leave me your phone number. We'll call you in the morning when we're leaving. So I left him my phone number. I called my buddy Randy that morning. Because we always talk about this. We always talk about how people fucking drop the ball. And I called, I called Randy at 8. And I said, you think those fucking people have called me yet? He said, no. He goes, I know you. You're going to call them at 831. And that's exactly what I did. 831 came around and I called his business back. Guy answers the phone. And I said, yes, sir. I said, I'm sitting here waiting at this address for you guys. You said you were going to be here at 830. And the guy on the line goes, well, who'd you talk to? I was like, well, here we fucking go. And I said, I don't remember his name, Um, but he wrote my phone number down, wrote my address down and told me he'd be here at 830 sharp. He goes, well, I don't have anything written down for you on that address. And I said, all right. I said, "Um, can you come out and fix this thing today? So he goes, let me put you on hold. He puts me on hold for nine minutes. Essentially, I knew he would just put Put me on hold so I would hang up because he wasn't coming back. That that place is not that big. I don't need to be on hold for nine minutes. So I called back and said, yeah, uh I was on hold for nine minutes just trying to get an answer if you're coming out. And he said, well, we can't come out today. We're too busy. Now, this is what I'm getting at. My fucking time was wasted. I spent that night. I could have been home with my family. I could have been home kissing my daughter's good night that night. Valuable time. I'll never, ever, ever get back. I will never get those moments back, that time that I could have spent with my family. I would never, get it back. And I'm passionate about that shit. Don't waste my fucking time. Don't let people waste your fucking time. So I stayed on that farm that night. I stayed there. I woke up the next morning. Didn't want to be there. Wanted to be home with my kids because they're out of school and still got my ass stood up. The guy told me we could not make it, but we we might be able to make it out. And I was just like, no, fuck that. And I hung up. So you know what I did? I'm self-sufficient. I went down, because normally I don't have big-ass tractor tire tools. I went and bought everything I needed. I bought a big three-ton jack. I bought a brake bar. I bought a 30-millimeter socket. I bought some extensions. And I went out there, and I busted that fucking tractor tire loose. I took that heavy son of a bitch off by myself. And I was going to throw it in the back of my truck. And I was going to take it to the tire shop and get it fixed, a a different tire shop. And when I got that damn tire off and felt how heavy that son of a bitch was, I put that tire down. I was like, I'm not fucking with this until I get some more help. (laughs) So... Needless to say, I didn't realize that the tractor tire was over 500 pounds. When I took it off, I could barely roll it. It was that heavy because it's one, it's not just an empty tractor tire. It's on the rim and it's full of water. I can't, I couldn't get all the water to drain out of it. But what I've done all weekend is I've just thought about it and I processed it. I'm like, how am I going to get this tractor tire in the back of my truck? So I figured it out. I'm going to go back and I'm going to use previous experience from previous things that I've done, and I'm going to use mechanics to my advantage. I'm going to take my Polaris Ranger. I'm going to hook a chain to the back of it. I'm going to wrap it around the rim of that tire. I'm going to have it over a beam in my barn, and I'm going to pull my Polaris Ranger forward, and it's going to pull the fucking tire up, and from the other side of the barn, I'm going to back the truck in, and then I'm going to put the Ranger in reverse and lower the damn tire back into my truck. Boom. Done. I can't use the front end loader on my tractor because my bush hogs in the way. I could drag it out of the way of the truck, but I know me, I'll break it. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go get that tr- that tire fixed. Then I'm going to bring it back and I'm going to take it out the exact same way, but the opposite. Okay. And then I'm going to use that to my advantage to pick that tire up and put that fucker on. And I bet you I'm in business coming up here in a, f- in a couple of days because I'm not going to depend on anybody else. I give somebody the opportunity to give them the business and they lost it I don't care I don't care if you're that busy yeah, if you're that busy that's fine tell me tell me you can't come the day prior but don't waste somebody's time. Think about that in your daily lives like you know what what gets me is people are so afraid to, afraid to hurt somebody's feelings by just being honest with them they, they they do the actual opposite and they waste their time. That's a dick move. I'd rather hurt your feelings than waste your fucking time and I think moving forward, if you take anything from this, think about that and process it. The next time you go to blow somebody off, instead of making them feel like, yeah, 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 we'll you know, keep giving them the runaround, just tell them that's yeah, not a fucking priority. They'll probably appreciate that more than wasting their time. But we're so worried about other people's feelings, I actually think it's, it's, it's more of a dick move to be sensitive to somebody's feelings and to waste their time. I just went off on a tangent. This is not the longest episode by, by a stretch. I'm out of content because the car is running outside, baby. I am going to get in my, my farm truck, my four runner. I got a 2008 four runner, man. That thing's shit 250,000 miles on that. That's my little farm car. I just run out there and, uh, I'm going to get right on my farm for a couple days. And uh, I got to be back this Thursday for an event. So I'm going to go scoop up a couple of days of farm life. Can't thank y'all enough. I <clears throat> can't thank y'all enough for the support that you've all given. I mean, I say that all the time because I truly am very thankful. You want to talk about time? Every time you guys tune in, you give me 30 to 40 minutes of your time. And that's 30 to 40 minutes that you can't get back in life. And you're choosing to give that to me. That's how special that is to me. That's how I see that. And I think about that when I go to my, do my comedy events and when I do my speaking engagements and I process that that way in the back of my mind, I'm like, you know, these folks can be anywhere in the world doing anything. They'll never get this valuable time back. And they choose to be here with me. And that's why I give it everything I got every single time, no matter what I'm doing, when people come to see me. So I just want everybody to know how appreciative that I am of that. And I'm glad that I get to spend this 34, 35 minutes, 36 minutes, whatever this episode is running with you. Let's keep it on. Let's keep it going. Please be sure to tell other people about this podcast because that's how I grow it. I don't do fucking paid advertising and all that on, on all the platforms. You know, i bitched about it enough and on, uh, other podcasts, it's just Instagram and Facebook are not letting me get the word out. They're really, um, censoring my ability to, to put out my podcast info. I don't know why, but they do it for business reasons, I guess. So the best help that I can get is through you guys, sharing the love, spreading the good word. Um, if if you can find stuff, somebody that may relate to this stuff, post it, tell people about it, tell them why you're crazy about it. If you're crazy about it. Um, yeah, that shit really helps. So, Hey, thank y'all have a great week. Go crush it. I love y'all.